Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, welcome back to what Ausbiz Live from our Brangaroo Studios. You've tuned in for the call. Ten stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel for their adjudication. So let's bring in the panel. Joining me, Rudy Philippek Van Dyke from FN Arena. Rudy, good to see you. Welcome. Next time someone says to me, Rudy, you're tall. I said, have you ever been in the same studio with David Koch and Francesco Di Spano? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's the broadcast uh, of Giants. Uh, yes, it is a very tall panel today. Francesco <laughs> Destratus from Orbinet. How are you, mate? Oh, good well, to David. See you. Yeah, always good, good laugh with Rudy, that's for sure. Well, uh, but it's been a long time between drinks for you. Has been. It? When's yeah. the last time you two were on the call together? Well, we think it might have been, been back in the Sky, Sky News Sky days. Sky News days. Yes. Wow. Um, Newscorp building, yeah. I think. Has that, yeah. that been a deliberate avoidance? Well, we're trying to work out whether it was Rudy that said he didn't want to be on with me or vice versa, <laughs> but uh, here we are. Let's see if we can get some sparks uh, for All right, the proof <laughs> will be in the pudding over the next 60 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in the first half hour of the show, we're going to be running a ruler over Ramsey Healthcare, O-Media, REA Group, Altium, and PWR, uh, Stock of the Day. Um, of course, it is earning season and uh, it is confession time. Uh, truth or dare, City Chic, uh, the retailer, out today with a trading update forecasting sales revenue to take a near 30% dive in the first half as customers pull back on spending in the face of higher interest rates and a cost of living crisis. Uh, Phil Ryan, the chief executive, however optimistic, saying the economy is on track to return to profitability of the company in the second half of the year on the back of uh, uh, the economy. The company also responded to recent media speculation regarding potential interest in its North American business, saying there is no certainty any opportunities, including any potential sale of the business, will proceed to a binding transaction. So, uh, you know, we've been talking about retailers for a, for a while here on the call, how they are responding to uh, uh, consumers and, and falling like on like at retail sales. Um, 500,000 new migrant customers over last year would have helped the retailers. But uh, Rudy, what do you think of the update from City Sheep? Oh, where do I start? Let's let's keep it uh, condensed and succinct. Uh, <clears throat> this is clearly, and that's already been established, a company in trouble. I mean, mm. uh, this is supersized fashion for for women. Uh, at some stage, that seemed to be all going correctly. It, it, it went smoothly. They had customers that really loved the business because they could they could find garments they couldn't find out anywhere else. Yep. And of course, that story. They has found a real niche for themselves. Didn't and they? They're not the only one, but they are, they are the only one on the ASX. And at some stage, as you can tell, there that story became unstuck. Mm. Uh, maybe the wrong acquisitions, uh, too much debt, uh, inventory they got stuck with. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, whatever there was in profits uh, turned into losses, and they still haven't 
been able to. What, what they have done so far is they're shrinking. So they're essentially shrinking the business, and some intelligent people at one stage said, you can't shrink into greatness. Right. Um, so yes, at some stage, they, they might get their margins stabilized, and they might uh, start uh, reporting a, a, an accountancy profit, but it's horses for courses. You have to know what your strategy and your risk appetite is in, 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 in the share market. For me, these struggling bottom of the barrel stories, they never appeal. Um, I know there's, I mean, there's at least one fund manager last year who completely uh, realigned his portfolio into uh, potential takeover targets, and he has done really, really well. Right. If you can do that, by all means, I mean, go right. for it. He's obviously been very, very good for his for his for his clientele. For me, that's that's maybe the cherry on the cake you can take on. I mean, sometimes one of my stocks in the portfolio gets a takeover offer. Doesn't happen yeah. very often. Yeah. Um, I mean, you never say no. But to specifically go for such companies, to specifically aim for companies that basically are in trouble, and then in the hope that they, they that, that the news becomes better at some stage, yeah. and it not, turns out not as bad, it's not my personal strategy, but and see, I don't feel comfortable with that. But see, we have great retailers in this country. A lot of them have done well. Yes, so this, this is not that. That's, that's, see, if I have the, 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 the choice between going for, for a, a robust quality performer, or one that is struggling, I always will go for the for the yeah. first option. I mean, yeah, yeah. On the premise that it's not overly overly valued. But right. if it's even if it's reasonably valued, I would still have the preference for the one that performs. Yeah. yeah. Instead of having to go for the one that def- desperately needs yeah. a turnout or turnaround successfully executed. Usually yeah. the, the the execution of the turnarounds usually takes much longer than people expect. And the other thing to add, of course, is there's still question marks over consumer spending this year and over the economy mm. this year. If the economy decelerates, even if it's only the first six months of the year, it makes turnaround stories like for City Chic even more difficult. Yeah. Yep. So for me, it's, uh, it's a barge pole and uh, good luck with other, other people making money out of it. Right. Okay. So uh, because cause that, that's the thing, as I mentioned before, a lot of retail stocks um, or retail sales have been buoyed by massive immigration last year. Yeah. That's potentially being cut back. International student visas cut back. It's, uh, it's also, safety it's, net. It's, it's also that. this company is, is is obviously. I mean, they're shrinking, but they they're still outside of Australia. So it's more yeah. than just an Australian story as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's becoming less outside of Australia <laughs> too. They, they sold. Well, they sold the European business. Yes. Uh, yes. I don't know, was it early last year or the yeah, year before? And I think, I think they closed down the Asian one, I think. Yeah, and that was a loss-making business as well. So um, you look at the announcement this morning and you, you look at it and you say, well, yeah, the, the, the sales numbers and revenue numbers are awful. They're yeah. falling. Um, and they're uh, announcing that, no, there's no takeover um, of the US business um, in the wings. Well, and the shares popped. Shares popped 20%. But yeah. look, where the smoke this fire, what I think, I think the market the market sort of looks at that and goes, you know, when, you know it's a bit like, you know, we're going to say there's no one acquiring any business until they are acquiring the business, which right. probably means that someone's sniffing around anyway right. if there's, if there's rumours about it, you know, out there. Um, I'm with Rudy. I don't buy a stock just for the sake of a takeover. I mean, there are people out there in the investment world that do that, looking yeah. at companies that are prime sort of break-up targets or, or, or takeover targets. Um, I'm not necessarily in that boat, but I, I think, you know, a 20% jump on the back of revenue declining 
Um, and you, you know, when is revenue going to turn around for these guys? Yeah. We've gone through sort of COVID pandemic and everyone's expecting retail to decline, but it actually increased because people were sitting around and they had nothing to do except sit online and, and, and you know, Buy. shop, yeah. you know, and, and, and there was, you know, companies like JB Hi-Fi did extremely well. Don't put them in this category. I think yeah. JB Hi-Fi is great. Yeah. I think they're a great retailer. Um, yeah. Whereas this one, you know, well, a lot of demand may have been brought forward into those consumer mm. periods where people have bought their clothing for a number of years, you know. I'm not sure how fashions play into that. I'm not, a, as you can see, yeah. fashionable sort of person. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike my friend Rudy over here. Um, but, but, and um, he's telling you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but look, um, you know, if they do sell off the US business, I don't know how much of that is a loss making as well. Because if you sell off loss making businesses, um, obviously, hopefully, what you have left over might be profitable, but our analysts don't have them making a profit for another two years. Oh, so, right. okay. so I wouldn't be buying it. Uh, you know, yep. And it's pop 20%. Are you buying it for what? Yep. You know, a potential takeover? Well, how much more is in it? Uh, yep. I don't know. So, um, you know, I'd, you know if, if I owned it now, I'd probably take advantage of the 20% and move on and look for something else. Oh, so Even if you're it. in a loss, you know, take So you'd loss. sell it? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, which. You know, when a stock disappoints, they uh, the tradition over the last couple of weeks, it's been absolutely hammered. The fact that this one's disappointed and gone up means people didn't have very high expectations. <laughs> and, and, and I bet you the same, the same applies to BEPCO as well, which has something similar happening. I bet right. you they were expecting worse. Yeah. I'm not so sure whether that's, that's actually good news. Yeah. Right, right. Yep, exactly. All right, let's uh, go to the first uh, stock that you've sent in and... Uh, Francesco Les wants a view on Ramsey Healthcare, the the big global private hospital owner yeah. here in Europe, France, the whole lot. Yeah, and a few Nordic countries as well. Yep. So you know, it's a pretty big company, pretty broad, huge, um, um, diverse sort of geographic um, uh, footprint that it has. A healthcare stock that um, really hasn't gone along with the other global healthcare. Well, um, I think I think healthcare, healthcare stocks, stocks here in have, Australia. Yeah, I think healthcare stocks in Australia over the last sort of two years have been under pressure. You look at CSL mm. share price come back. Resmeds come under pressure because of uh, you know Azempic, for other yeah. reasons. Azempic, but uh, that's another story. And, and Sonics come under pressure. So I think they've sort of been thrown in a similar basket, and and, and rightly so to some degree. Um, I'm thinking at the moment that um, this is looking like a um, you know a, a stock that you could sort of buy for the longer term. Right. Uh, at the moment. I, I think we've probably seen the worst of it. Um, Five-year low, below um, when the pandemic yeah. hit and private hospitals were all closed. Yeah, look, their earnings their earnings aren't that great at the moment for for the you know for 2024. We're looking at a PE of about 34 times. Now, normally healthcare stocks trade at, you know, a premium to the market anyway. Yeah. Um, but if you if you look at the growth that's expected from analysts uh, going into 2025, you know our guys have got them going you know 40 45 percent increase in in earnings into 2025. So there's potential there for some wow. growth uh, in the in the medium to long term. So for a two to three year investment, I, I don't mind. But you, you're going to have to be a bit patient. I like right. I like the business model as far as hospitals go. Um, you know it, it fits into that. Um, uh, f- broader fundamental strategy of aging populations and, yep. and, and requiring healthcare. Um, the yields aren't great, so you're not in it for for, the, for that. But um, look, I, I, I think 
acquiring it at the moment or being a bit patient maybe in the next six to 12 months to see what some of these results come out yeah we've got reporting season coming up next month um you know you're going to get an indication of what's going on then but um yeah look i like the business um it's trading at a discount to what our valuation is so we're going to accumulate on the stock yeah i like it all right for the long term yeah uh rudy luckily i don't have to be a stockbroker (laughs) (laughs) and we have television (laughs) i have a i have a different view on on the ramsey and um let me illustrate this with a with a anecdote. Ten years ago, I, I meet a financial planner by by coincidence, and he tells me this story about this older lady that had shares in AMP, and yeah. on a regular basis just kept putting in more money. And by the time that she got ready to to retire, she goes to him and says like, "How's my money going?" And he goes like, <coughs> "I have some bad news. I know you've been putting regularly money in there, but..." In the end, the ultimate sum you have ready for retirement has actually shrunk from, from the very beginning that you started. Now, she obviously completely shocked, didn't know, understand how that happens. And her response was, but AMP is a good company. Uh-huh. And I always remember that, that anecdote because of that response. Mm. And to me, I mean, you can all draw conclusions from this. I mean, don't put your money in one stock and all of that and keep, keep watching what happens. To but to me, the, the, the key to the story is that when you invest in great companies or in good companies, quality, they're doing well or whatever, you still have to be mindful of that things can change over time. Yep. And what we've seen in the Australian share market is the likes of Orica, the likes of Lendlease. Um, I would actually put Ramsey Healthcare in there as well. That they have, They've had their glory days and they were really good and really well and, and they've done well for portfolios in, a, in the time span when they were a great company. But then things change. The, the, what made them great at one stage starts eroding, it changes, like and it disappears in a, in, a, in, a, in a gradual sense. Yeah? Right. If you don't pay attention, and for us humans, we, we keep on holding back to the past. We yeah. thought, well, it was once a great company, it still is a great company, but it isn't. Yeah? But what's changed internally? Oh, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in hindsight, because I once owned this stock as well, and I was, I was a big, big fan of it, un- until things changed. In hindsight, because when, when they were increasing their, their scale, they were benefiting, they were making that a benefit to the business and to the shareholders. They could go to suppliers and go, well, we order double the amount next year, we want a discount. Right? The other thing also is what has happened is that governments have increasingly come under pressure and they've increasingly basically putting the pressure on their healthcare budget. Help. They are right. part of that. So they're right? squeezing the private they're part of it. The other thing which is very important as well, once upon a time, private health insurers were not listed. You now have two listed in Australia. They care about margins and shareholders as well. So they put regularly the squeeze on these guys. Right. Okay. So a lot has changed. Also the fact that it, it goes from hospitals to out of home now. Yep. Um, I compare a little bit to, uh, to Telstra in the bad years. It's not that management doesn't undertake new initiatives. It's just that it's so difficult to make a big impact on something that is basically eroding. Right. And they have, Ramsey has on numerous occasions been, been mentioned as you should own it because it's a beneficiary of the post-COVID years. Mm. It hasn't happened. I mean, and problems in the UK. Has, hasn't, in, hasn't followed the rest of the healthcare market. No, healthcare it, stocks it, it are is, big. Francesco is absolutely it, on, on the ball. Healthcare has been out of favor for at least two years, maybe a little bit longer. 
they have even lagged the rest of the sector. You can yes. see that the further you go back in time, yeah, yeah. the share price basically doesn't. So they're anything. not like a ResMed that no. got beat up on no. a Zempic and yes. now is uh, overly beat up and has bounced they're, back. They're not like ResMed, Cochlear, uh, CSL, CSL, Sonic. I would put in that 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 for Medicus. I would put those those are right. the quality healthcare we have. Ramsey's not it. Ramsey. I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't put them in at all. I mean, so I think this is old glory. Right. Uh, to Francesco's point, yes, the share price is probably not too expensive. Yes, they will at some point. They will have some improvement, and that will probably will translate into a, to a better share price. But I would think longer term. I think the glory days are gone, and so okay. low expectations basically. And okay. I think personally, apart from a share price that probably will go up a little bit, um, you don't need to be there. So you tell it if you're in it. Oh, I would, I would definitely go for uh, for better alternatives. Yes. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, you can buy Sonic now, uh, which is pretty much a laggard as well. At some point, that type of business will see a recovery as well. Right. I mean, it might take okay. longer. Might take another six months or so, but or they might acquire another business in Canada. See, so yeah, I think we had um, on one of the technical sessions here on on Ausbiz last week that you know Ramsey Healthcare's chart is looking yeah. good. It must be spotting me out. It's gonna play catch up. Charts All don't, of that sort charts of don't see everything. No, 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 no. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so in terms of a recovery, you reckon Sonic's a better chance of a recovery in health healthcare stocks in than this. In terms of a sustainable yeah. upward path, definitely okay. yes. All right. Interesting. All right, uh, let's go on to our second stock. And Menal uh, wants a view on O Media. Rudy, the uh, the outdoor media group? Not a big fan. And why is that? I think the Australian economy is still going to do it tough. And we, we spoke about, um, uh, about retail earlier. Uh, but these guys are dependent on companies spending on marketing. Yep. Um, and I, th- I wouldn't have too high expectations for that, to be honest. And you can see that the share price is already reset at a higher level. Yeah. Um, so I, I no, it's had a good six months. I know, but that's. Uh, me, admittedly, we might have seen the bottom because advertising, uh, definitely in the, in the later stages of last year, was absolutely terrible. Mm. And um, I, I can only assume that the likes of uh, what what used to be Fairfax, but it was not nine, will will confirm that. Yeah. Um, so it's possible that we, we might see a little bit of an uptick in uh, from from a very low base, but nah. These, these are very small companies. They once had to win in the sales because advertising was shifting online and, and into billboards. Um, that I think that shift to a large extent. And billboards has are hot, pretty high tech now. Aren't yeah, they? you yeah, don't see yeah. them like with a ladder pasting yeah. them yeah. up they're all electronic and, and, and changing and what these guys also do is they, they place advertising in gyms i mean so yeah. while, while you're sweating you you see whatever comes up yeah, yeah. kleenex on the, on the train so, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, not for you not francesco no not not for me either uh, um i agree 100 percent with what really said about sort of you know advertising spend the other thing you got to look at with this company is the flip side is that their the cost of of you know leasehold so if you're, you know, uh, advertising through outdoor billboards, uh, they're paying the rent on either the land or the right. you know, the billboard and that. So you know, I think there's some pressure, upward pressure on pricing on that side of it as well. So that'll squeeze their margins. Um, our analysts got a hold on it, but I'd be probably more negative than a hold on it. Um, I think it's priced pretty much clearly at what his valuation is at the moment. So um, I'd be saying, you know, if I'm in a small cap. Um, 
and I'm looking for growth. Yeah. I'm looking Not for something serious. that's you know, going to give me a, a bit more confidence in growth, and I yeah. don't have a great deal of confidence yeah. in the growth there. The cost side actually scares me more than the advertising side because, oh. well, ultimately, you're going to have companies that want to advertise, and they can always squeeze on price. They can always say, well, you know, we don't need to advertise, but you, and I'm not sure what the unit price is, but let's say we, we drop our unit price by 10, 10%. Well, they're not dropping their rent prices by 10% on the other side. So their margins are getting squeezed at both ends. So, yeah, uh, yeah I think it's a difficult one in this current okay. environment. Uh, you want to have, um, you know, both ends of the spectrum working in your favour to get significant growth out of a company like this. And if I'm looking at a small cap, I'm looking at something different. Right. Yeah. By the way, okay. guys, just a technicality, but the capital O should be the second one and the smaller one should be up front. If you really want to have the name correct, <laughs> <sighs> Francesco, I now know that you have a one been on, well, on with him for quite some time. Thank you, Rudy, for pointing that out. You know what? That's going to impact the share price too. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. All right, hey, the good spot. It's a media company. Uh, it's the, name it's the old um, print editor coming out at him uh, uh, when I knew him in a former day. <laughs> uh, so, yes, so you'd never lose it. All right, Francesco Pratam wants a view on REA Group, the big property platform. Um, not only here, but also around the world. India is one of their, their big hopes in terms of uh, being in that market. And and I thought, I think Pakistan may went into there as well. Well, they've gone into a lot of markets. Yes. And I, I yeah. imagine that they're going to be looking at others as well to, to, to look for growth. I mean, the stock trades on nearly 50 times earnings. Right, yeah. You want to be pretty perfect. Yeah. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to be pretty perfect uh, in your results to be trading yeah. at those levels because it soon gets eroded pretty quickly with the share price fall. Um, look, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad business. I think it's a pretty good business, but at mm. least... At, the, at these prices, I just struggle with it. Um, you mentioned India um, and some other other domiciled areas where they operate with their online advertising for property. Uh, I think they're struggling in some of those offshore areas as well. So, um, look at these prices. I, I just think it's you know time to take your profits. I mean, people who bought them a long time ago, you know, they're hanging on uh, and you know. To Rudy's point, you know, oh, it's done me well. You know, I've been buying it since it was, you know, a two dollar stock or whatever, and I made all this yeah. money, and it's going to keep going. Well, no, I don't think so. Not at right. fifty times. And if they, if you know, during results season, if they miss the boat on anything, you know, yeah. the market will put the microscope over them and and really take to the share price pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about a couple of other tech stocks, and mm-hmm. and you know, that's what happens in this area. <laughs> Look, you know, is it a tech stock or is it a I don't know what you'd call it, a consumer it's a, it's, stock? It's or, a tech stock. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it uses technology to deliver its business, I think. You know, so yeah. you're, 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 you're a bit of both. But um, um, look, so the, you, the business model's fine. I'd be taking profits at these levels, okay. definitely. All right. Rudy, would we, you We be? have a sell recommendation on it from, oh. as a firm, so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Rudy? It's all about, again, it's all about, I mean, your own perspective and view and stuff like that. I, I'm going to throw out a few superlatives. This is probably one of the best companies on the stock exchange. Yep. Um, it's probably also, by by definition, it's, it's been one of the best performers on the stock exchange. It means it's all-time high. That shows you that at any time you bought the shares, you were, you're sitting on a profit. And it has it has done exceptionally well, like really exceptionally well. Um, again, what it proves time and time again 
is that as a platform company, if you are the number one in your particular sector, and we all know how important uh, property and real estate is in Australia. So they are really in the sector for Australia. Yep. They are the number one. I always have a, I always have a little bit of a smile on my face when people go, but the main holdings is cheaper. I mean, and you go like, forget about being cheaper. I mean, you, as a market leader, you're just squeezing them and you're killing them. I mean, yeah. they, they have been, again, increasing their market share. Um, I agree on one point, is that uh, the share price is, is probably higher than anyone would have predicted. Uh, and that's sometimes what the share market does. I mean, my understanding is we're now looking forward to the uh, February reporting season. Few analysts have already come out and they, they think that these guys are going to have a great result. So the great results often translate into the share price going up. I mean, yep. people, what you risk, yes, is that the result will come out. It's great, but then people go like, yeah, but the share price is already where it is and stuff like that. So it might actually have weakness after the event, which happens often with, with companies I own. I mean, Technology One does that every time almost without mm -hmm. exception. Um, but it doesn't mean that you, well, you can sell, counting on the fact that, but my experience with companies like this is, don't sell out completely because you won't be get back in. Right. Okay. And um, and I'm an, I'm a shareholder and I don't have a full allocation at this point in time. I'm not going to sell. I mean, right. if anything, if the share price sells off, I'm hoping please sell. Right. Because I'll be buying right. more. So you won't take profits at these levels. No. no. Right. I'm just waiting for weakness and I might buy more because okay. I have a I have a longer term view. And um, if these guys can weather. Uh, the, the the stress on mortgages and the and the rise in bond yields and the rise in, in, in interest rates. Imagine how they go when the economy is on full steam and when, everyone is uh, when they're through the other end. Right. Okay. All right. That's my logic, <clears throat> and and I have a long term view. And over the long run, yes, there's weakness on occasion. And in in 2021, when the bond deals were playing havoc, they were they were selling off. But those are the times when you when you load up on those stocks because right. longer term. They perform, yep. and they're never cheap. Yeah. They're never cheap, and they shouldn't be cheap. And when stocks like REA become cheap, that's when the lights should go on. Then the, the story is right. over. Right? Good management team, Owen Wilson, uh, yeah. the boss. The whole internal culture is that they are a, a tech stock, uh, a, da a database stock, um, and what they can do with that data. Has it come out yet? It was, um, it was telling me a little while ago that they... We're going to launch this product that if, you know, when you go on a morning walk or something like that and you see a great house and you go, oh, I wonder if that will ever come up for sale, uh, they'll now, or they were planning to, yeah. hook you in so that you could make an yeah. approach yeah. Yeah. Uh, and do it generally uh, and get more details mm. on, the, yeah. on the house. So, yeah, really innovative. All right. Uh, Ashley wants a view, uh, Francesco, on Altium. Speaking of, uh, yes, a tech stock. Not a tech uh, stock. A special software for the design of printed circuit boards. Really interesting business, this one, for an Australian business, isn't it? Yeah, look, the technology is a bit, bit beyond me, but yeah. um, it, it's been a great performer, um, I suppose, similar to REA. Um, but um, I do like this one a bit better than REA, if you like. Um, it is another one that's trading on 50 times, um, but I think the earnings growth <coughs> supports that to a degree. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be buying it at these levels, um, but I'd be holding what you have. 
um, if not taking a little bit of profit um, and keeping a bit of you know, bit of cash aside just to if it does pull back a bit um, um, to 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 pick up a bit more. Um, the only thing I'd be conscious of is a reporting season. We've been talking about a bit about this. Uh, this is another one that sort of you know if it does miss the boat when you're trading on fifty times. Uh, the market doesn't take too kindly to it and they'll, they'll slash the price quickly. That could create an opportunity to buy. Um, I'll, I'll highlight another tech stock in Appen that was trading like this um, and lost a lot of business and you know it's a 40 cent stock when it was nearly $40. So always got to be careful, always got to sort of start looking at profits just in case, but I do like the business model. Um, it's not just relying upon um, a small amount of customers either, like Appen was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you, is that the way you look at a lot of these stocks? So when they're at a five-year high, you're getting into reporting season, take some profit, so your banks are profit. Doesn't mean you hate the company or no. never want to go back again or selling out. Yeah, yeah. Just trim the top yeah. if it pulls back. Yeah, well, if I go back to REA, it's, it's not that I dislike the company. I just think yeah. that, you know, I think there's very little competition, like you say. Um, which gives it that ability to trade at a, yeah. a higher multiple. Look at CBA against the other banks, and it's the same sort yeah. of purpose. Um, but for them to grow uh, in, a, in a pretty, a pretty um, um, saturated marketplace, if you like, as, as in it's mature, um, they need to make acquisitions. Mm. And when they stop making acquisitions, that's when it starts to become a bit of a challenge. Remember QBE, when they yeah. were, uh, Frank O'Halloran was out there buying everything. Uh, when they stopped buying, that's when it all started to fall apart. Right. Different with Altium, though, because I think that there's you know a lot of um, a lot to be said about the the, the design of the circuitry and that with semiconductors and so on. So, so I think there's a bit more to this from the technical side. I don't have a great understanding on that side of it, but because I do know that that's a little bit more technical than say something that like Appen was doing, um, then I think there's a bit more mm. to it. But, but at these multiples, look, leading into the reporting season, the price is rising into it. You take a little bit off the top and just, just lock in a bit of profit just in case. Yeah. Uh, you can always wait and you know, who knows, it may come back, but if it doesn't, you're still exposed to the stock. Yeah. Like Rudy's saying, you know, you don't mind taking a bit of profit off the top on these yeah. ones. Rudy? Yeah, I mean, the story actually for Altium is actually quite similar to, to REA. People are expecting great result. They, they think that these guys continue to increase their market share and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, this one I don't own at the moment, um, but I think the principle is quite the same. I mean, if these guys keep con continuing increasing their market share, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, there's still talk in the market that at some point they will again be uh, be on be a target for takeover. I mean, they, they, they were, I think, two years ago, and they yep. rejected that. Um, this is again one of the better, one of the best probably um, success stories we have in the technology sector. I mean, I would not deny the fact that I mean, the, the valuation is very high, but it's, the reason is people have high expectations. Uh, but I think the principle is the same. I mean, um, if this company, th th this company is not not X growth. I mean, so. All else being equal, if you take a two, three, five-year view, share price should be higher by that. Mm. The question just is, at, one, at what point do you do you add more or do you do you, do you take some off the table? You can take some off the table now, but I always caution: don't sell out completely because no. if the market doesn't really fall back, you never get back on board again. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's a psychological thing. But we're all human, and that's how it works. Huh? So hold few. Yeah, happy mm. to take some profits. Yeah, yep. 
Okay, same thing. All right, uh, next stock, Naomi wants a view, uh, Rudy, on PWR, the automotive dealership, correct, the old Peter Warren. You could make an argument that's technology too. Yeah. And they, um, I mean, they, they, they're really cementing their position in, in, in what they do, the niche. Yeah. And they're expanding that into, uh, into, into basically into the air and into space. Um, this one, I think, actually, you, you can sort of give it the benefit of the doubt. It's a smaller company, much smaller than the ones we've just been discussing. It's the share price is just hanging in there, in the not necessarily basically between cheap and expensive. It's you could make an argument. It's reasonably valued here. Um, it had some setback in that. My understanding is it, it had to knock back uh, a great opportunity for development in which it had spent money and it would have increased mm. the revenue of that. And for some reason, it, they, they decided it didn't work. That has set the share price a little bit back. Again, um, a longer term view, assuming that they, they continue doing what they're doing, they, they should increase their profits and the share price should be higher. But of course, we don't know what short term will bring and, and February is just around the corner. But right. I think you can, you, can, you can hold it here. Right. And um, and just wait for things for things to happen. It's not always easy with with these niche companies to to know exactly what is happening in every six months period. But I think, given the track record they've built up since since IPO, I think you can give them the benefit of the doubt that they will, if you give them enough time, they will add more customers, increase their market share, and develop this whole new market into into aerospace. Mm. Okay, Francesca. Um, yeah, Peter Warren. Um, no, this is not no, Peter no, Warren. No, no, no. This is the other one, PRW Holdings. Oh, PRW. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. Yeah. The PRW no, this is, this or Peter not, Warren this Holdings. Not, this is not selling cars. Okay, so this ah, is the cooling this systems. This is the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, cooling, yeah. cooling systems. systems. Yes. Um, so if we're talking about the cooling systems business, um, look, the, the move towards electric vehicles um, will obviously uh, put a bit of pressure on this type of business, but I think the growth will start to flatten out in that area. Um, you know, most most of the new technology, you get these early adopters that take up new technology happened during the mobile phone eras. You know, you know, there's a certain percentage of population that want to be the first in, um, which is about 15 to 20% apparently. Um, and then it flattens out. So I think you'll see a bit of flattening out of that. Um, so I don't, I don't mind the business as such. It's, it's Pretty focused, so it does. It's not very diverse in no. that respect, but um, um, you know, it, it's a necessity in the motor industry. You need a cool engine. So this, this it, is Formula One, huh? Yeah, yeah, but but it's a bit broader yeah. than that. There's more yeah, yeah. to it. Um, but then ultimately, you know, where's it trading at? And and I think it's pretty much fully valued. So I wouldn't be buying it at these levels. Um, um, but, but again, it's a small cap company. It's a small cap. Yeah. Um, just if we can flip back to Peter Warren, yeah, which we were yeah, mentioning yeah. earlier. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, no, because we mixed up the stock, uh, the name code, of the company and the stock and the code. code yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, just, uh, just on Peter Warren, the, the, the way people are buying cars nowadays and, and the way they're selling cars now is a little bit different. We're starting to see, um, you know, in, in shopping malls where you can go in and buy a Toyota. Mm. Uh, rather than go to a car yard as yeah. such. And you, yeah, yeah. You, you know, Even in the city here. 
Yes. Um, in yeah. The, uh, I don't know how it works too cafe well. Sites. Well, well, um, well. Tesla's you can buy directly from, from yes, the manufacturer. Yes, direct from yeah, Tesla. Yeah. Not yeah. BYD, but yeah. Tesla's um, go directly. But, but you know, the big car yard, if you want to go and buy a Toyota, you go to your local shopping centre, say, mm. you know, the local Westfield or something, they'll have a showroom. Uh, you yeah. go down to the car park, you take it for a spin, you bring it back, yeah. you want to buy it, you order it, and then it gets delivered. So yeah. I think that's changing a bit. So I'd be I a bit worried about those sort of businesses. For a spin these days. Yeah, yeah. Just buy online. Well, um, yeah, I'd rather take it for a spin. Oh, I, I know. Um, sort of us old blokes do, but yeah. uh, I've got a son-in-law. I've got to know if I can fit in it or not, mate. I've got a son-in-law that works in the car business, used car business. Yeah. Um, they have a 24-7 call centre. Uh, 30% of their sales are done between 6pm and 8am, all wow. online, over a call centre. Um, and people go online and just buy the car. There you it's go. amazing. Um, all right, let's recap the uh, the five, uh, first five stocks. Stock of the day, City Chic. Uh, a note from both Rudy and Francesco and, and a sell from Francesco saying, look, um, you, you sort of had enough. Uh, Ramsey, long-term buy from Francesco. Um, Rudy has a sell on it saying the glory days are long gone from Ramsey Healthcare and won't be a bounce. O Media, the small O to start with and a big O second, <laughs> uh, a no from both. Uh, REA, take some profits and uh, and sell, according to uh, Francesco. Uh, Rudy would, uh, would hold on. Both have a hold on Altium, but take some profits at uh, these levels and uh, PWH uh, a hold from both. Uh, here on the call, we've been following our own high conviction fantasy funders picked by the investment committee. The December committee meeting on the platform at the moment didn't have one in January because of the break. February is coming up next week. Back in December, they added ResMed Car Group and John's Link Car Group, of course, the old car sales, renamed car sales. Uh, they took profits on Wes Farmers, RPM Global and MA Financial. <coughs> and the fund is up 21% at the moment. All right, uh, this half hour, take a look at IPD, Latitude, Horizon, Nickel Industries and Lifestyle Communities. Uh, Hayden wants a view, Rudy, on IPD, the uh, medical device manufacturer. Impediment, yeah. Um, not profitable yet. And um, on current forecast, not profitable anytime soon. Um, so I don't mind um, investing or holding medical devices companies, but I like them to be profitable or at least become profitable in, in, in a very short time span. Um, the share market has big hopes yes, on it though. Yes, the share market does, as you can see from the, from the share price. Um, uh, so basically, my view is you're, you're investing in, in, in market sentiment and in um, news flow, um, which in particular for companies like Impedimet is, is incredibly important because you need fresh money coming in, yep. fresh hopes. Um, I'm not saying that that's not something that you that you shouldn't do, but if you are prepared to have something like this in your portfolio, make, keep it small, and just realize that it's it's going to be mm. volatile, and and at times volatility will will kick in. I mean, um, for me, I mean, I have lots of other alternatives. I don't I don't need to have something like this. But right. if I if I had, I would keep it small, a small percentage of my portfolio, 
and with an iron stomach because okay. one bad announcement and this this can easily okay. go. If you're in it and you've tripled your money in two years, maybe maybe then you take a little bit off. Yeah, and, take some profit. Yes. So if you're in it, hold it, but maybe trim. Yes. Francesca, Tom, a bit confused. A bit like Peter Warren and right PWR. Ah, there was an IPD as well on the market. There's an IPG. Ah, yes. Right. Uh, Which is the code that I was sent, which is IPD. Right. Right. Um, Which is just in the process of taking or acquiring a uh, electrical cable and business. So I'm looking at a business that's slightly different. Slightly different. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just slightly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and look, we don't have any recommendations on either of the oh, IPD right, okay. or, or, or IPG. All right, apologies um, but I, I, for that. Look, if I, I can continue on what I what I looked at though on IPG, um, they they recently raised money at um, uh, what was the price three? Uh, where am I? Where am I? Just bear with me a second. They raised some money at. Uh, And they raised it successfully. They raised seven point seven million at three ninety three. The stock's trading at uh, where are we? Four eighty four. I'd say it's probably pretty full, fully buy, priced. Um, it bought a this cable business off a. a um, it looks like a, a, a private equity firm. So I'm not sure if they overpaid or not. Right. Um, but generally, you'd be looking at buying something that are at a lower PE, so it lifts your earnings accretion um, significantly. So, so. Um, Look, I like the business, electrical cables and things like that. There's, there's always a need for that, but I think it's probably fully valued. Again, I don't, we don't have a recommendation on it or right. IPD. So. so not for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was a bit of a meme stock last year in the, in the local ship because right. it, has, it has that sexy thing to electrical vehicles and yep. the future yep. of. I mean. Anything electrical vehicles. Yep. All right. Uh, our next stock, uh, Jackson wants a view, Francesco, on Latitude, the financial services group or consumer finance group. Got... Uh, caught up in the buy now, pay later trend as well for a yeah. while, didn't it? A lot of companies did. Yep. Um, and, and it's no different to any euphoria that goes around the marketplace. You have um, mining companies turning into tech companies during tech booms and yep. you know, uh, exploration companies exploring for gold, looking for lithium when the lithium booms on. So so it doesn't change in, in sectors either. It'll um, change to uranium now. Uranium's up. Well, it already has. has. <laughs> um, so so I, well, I, I think... I, I, on that, because the uranium chart looks like the lithium chart of about 18 months ago. Yes. And I keep saying to... You know, analysts that come on the call here, oh, is it going to go the same way? No, because it's different. It's different. So, Why is it anyhow, different? Yeah. <laughs> right, um, but not yet would be my nah. answer. Yeah. <laughs> and we saw a uranium boom there yeah. a couple of years back. Yeah, yeah, six yeah, or seven years ago. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, back to, to latitude, latitude, which is what um, your viewers are asking yeah, yeah. about, more yeah. to the point. Um, Look, we don't have coverage on it. Um, I wouldn't be about to recommend to buy it or sell it. Um, it the, the share price doesn't look like it does a great deal. Um, I, I don't get excited about this sort of thing. Um, you know, if I'm looking at for financial services, I'm going to look at something that's much bigger and much more uh, um, uh, providing you know, some sort of growth or income uh, stream, if you like. Um, it trades on about, looks like historical 13, oh, sorry, return on equity is about 13%. Um, a PE of about sort of nine uh, and doesn't 
do yeah. anything for me. So, okay. so I wouldn't be buying it. If I owned it, would I sell it? Yes, because if I'm if I'm looking for growth, I'm looking for something else. Yeah. Um, if it if if it's I'm not sure what the yield is on that. Well, given a pretty good yield, I think six seven percent. Yeah. Then I'm happy with the yield, but you know, you always got to be cognizant of you know where's the share price going to go. But yeah. over the last twelve months, it hasn't done a great deal. At no, all. no, and, uh, I, and right. I'm not. Surprised. Gee, it was a sexy float two years ago, three yeah. years ago, and, wasn't and, it? And they had everyone in and they have the CEO in Ahmed Fahour. But um, um, yeah, the fact that they went they had to go into BNPL just gives you an idea as well that they are. I mean, anyway. It's a small cap, small company essentially in basically providing credit. Mm. I mean, um, I'm not so sure whether we are at the, at the right time <coughs> in the cycle for that type of investments. Um, yes, at some stage they'll have the, the wind in the sails, but I think it's way too early for that. Uh, just out of a risk. I'm not surprised that they, they, they are now a high yielding stock because the market clearly has pared back the whole sector because there's yeah. risk. Right? Yeah. And as we all know from experience or otherwise, Probably the bulk of impact from the RBA rate highs is still coming. Mm. Right? In particular, for everyone who's sitting on on, a, on an expensive mortgage, uh, so-called mortgage prisoners. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's I, even though the economy is performing better than than many would have feared, I still think that those those small cap credit providers they they're still facing. An increase. So why has Zip doubled in the last six weeks? Yeah, they come from such a low level. Right. They were really, really into trouble, and they've done a couple of things. They've they've started closing down activities that were just costing them money. Yeah. And they reworked their whole business model up to a point that they're almost profitable in the accountancy sense. Right. The difference between going out of business and coming to a reasonable position in the accountancy sense in the share market that is that's a good step forward I mean. okay so yeah. you have to that's yeah. company specific yeah? that's not yep. necessarily the sector as a whole because you can argue that afterpay in, in its in its current they're not doing well at all no right? if they were listed they would have been absolutely decimated yeah. i mean so i'm not a big fan of these small cap uh, credit providers not at this point in the cycle okay all right. Uh, Simon wants a view, Rudy, on Horizon, Australia's biggest uh, rail freight operator and bulk commodities. Um, every, everyone's favourite value pick in the Australian share market. This one? Yes. I mean, it has been, for example, it has been on Morgan Star, Morningstar's list of, uh, for now for three or four years. Ah. And you can see on the, on the share that that hasn't really paid off. Um, simple terms. Um, Company in transition, it is transitioning away from its from its narrow focus, which originally was basically just shipping coal from A to B. Coal, yeah. Links um, 50 mines to Queensland ports. So it, 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 it sees the future and it's changing away from that. But that is a, a long and arduous and gradual elongated process. In the meantime, uh, you get your dividends, although they had to cut it twice now over the past few years. Um, at some point, it's almost like a Ramsey healthcare story. At some point, the, 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 the profits will have fallen deeply enough that they, it mm. will improve. But if you compare to the past or where it's going, I think low expectations. And I would, okay. and you and you have to be patient. I mean, when you say that, at some point they will come out with a result, and everyone goes like, "Ooh, turn around! It has happened." But my my golly, 
people who have been on the on the value trade here have been waiting okay. for a long time. But their customers now. are just creamy at the moment. The customers are making so much profit. Yes, but that's more the price of the product they're so, getting. So why can't they? Why can't they put the price up? They Is have, there any alternative to They have a type of contract, I think, from memory, it's pick and pay or whatever, it's something like that called. So clearly the price of coal that the likes of Whitehaven are getting does not necessarily by default translate into higher margins. Yeah. Them, and that's just mm. an observation. Okay. Yeah, so I don't, I'm not familiar with how those contracts exactly work. Right. I also know they, they also do agricultural uh, produce as well now. Right. So, um, so there's great. more than just, but long story short, uh, they, have okay. to, they have to venture away from too narrow a focus on coal, <laughs> and it's going to take time to, uh, to So don't get into the coal haulage business, just get into the coal business. For the time being. For the time being, yeah. <laughs> Francesca? I'm, I'm with Rudy to some degree on this. Um, look, I, I, I don't think there's... A growth story. I think. I think it's just a good, solid business that right. is going to earn money and it's going to pay a good dividend. But don't expect the share price to shoot lights out. If it does, it'll be on the back of the market doing something. You know, that's probably not. Yeah, you know, not relevant to the the earnings, right. if you like. It'll be carried away and that's right. And, and look, you know, the, the business has diversified. You got to remember that, that originally this was the old Queensland Rail. Yeah. Okay. So it was just purely coal, pretty much. Um, but they have bought other um, businesses in, in WA, so they, they're hauling iron ore as well now. So there's a bit of diversity in that. Um, as Rudy mentioned, there's a bit of diversity in agricultural also. Um, the, the difficulty is um, for them is, is, is obviously cost structure. The, the pickle pay, which uh, Rudy quite rightly highlights, and, and all contracts are different, means that the companies pay for a certain amount of tonnage um, if they don't use it, they still pay that total contract. Um, if they use it and then they need more, then they pay mm. for more. So I, I think those contracts are quite good in this respect, particularly in the coal industry, because the demand for coal at the moment is quite high. Um, so so they're hauling you know the tonnage plus yeah. on top of it. So I think there's a little bit of excess there. Obviously, results will come out soon and, and that'll yeah. that'll the share price that. has done nothing share price oh, has done nothing right. and, and if i'm talking to a, a, an investor and they're saying what do you think should i invest in this i'd be asking what are you looking for if right. you're looking for something that's probably going to hang around these share price levels for quite a while and you're going to pick up some nice dividends i'd say this is fine for a diversified portfolio right uh, if you're looking for growth i'd probably say no just no. look somewhere else okay, okay. All right. Uh, and next doc, uh, Martin wants a view, Francesco, on nickel industries. Yeah, nickel industries. Uh, let's start talking. Let's start with the commodity nickel. You know, it was used in batteries. Um, yep. Now we're starting to see a lot more lithium used in batteries. So the nickel price has been under a significant amount of pressure for a couple of years. So it's not an area that I'd be investing in the nickel commodity. So um, I, that share price, I'd say that, 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 you know, profile of the chart is yep. probably going to continue, I would imagine. Uh, there's a little bit of a kick up at the end there, but um, um, I, I tend, with this sort of stuff, I tend to look at the broader uh, broader commodity. Um, if people think that nickel price is going to turn around, um, I don't know what this, the demand dynamics is going to be for that to turn around. You've got to remember that, that a lot of investment was put into nickel when, you know, the thought was that everyone's going to drive around in electric vehicles within two or three years. 
Um, so there was a lot of um, investment in exploration, a lot of investment in mining, and all of a sudden you start to get an oversupply. We're starting to see that in lithium now. Yeah. Um, you know, the, everyone thought that everything's going to be lithium. Uh, the lithium price went through the roof. Um, all of a sudden you've got, you know, anyone with a drilling rig out there drilling holes for lithium. Um, so all of a sudden, over a couple of years, you've got reserves of lithium expanding and then you know, mm. miners increasing. And all of a sudden they realise, well, the demand increase is not going to be that yeah. big. Uh, all of a sudden you've got this supply and demand dynamics. That, and that your readjusts. cost of production. Yeah. And your cost of production, all those sort of things come into effect. So I, I think um, you know, nickel's probably... Um, a commodity that's going to remain under a bit of pressure for a little while longer because of that supply demand dynamics. Okay. The one, I, the, the commodity I like at the moment for the next two to three years, I think, longer term is copper. Um, mm. I think um, uh, around the world, the the um, governments are going to have to invest a lot more in uh, upgrading electricity grids um, uh, because of the the, uh, the 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 move to different forms of power Renewable, sources, yeah. um, and that that means that a lot of these grids need upgrading. So there's a lot of copper involved in that. So what's co- copper here? What's your preferred copper stock? Um, depending on what you're looking for, if you're looking for big producer, Rio. Yeah. If you're looking for a pure producer, um, Silver Lake Resources. If you're looking for an explorer, um, a company called AW1. We don't cover that. Right. Or, or care no right. responsibility, but it's um, got some reserves up in Canada. It's frozen for half the year, so just be right. cautious of that. Oh. But um, that makes um, it hard. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, why Rio over BHP? Oh, I, just because it's got a bigger copper reserve, from my understanding. Oh, uh, you're Tolgoi. Sorry, Mongolia. Uh, yeah, but is that how far is that into production? It's not yet, but it yeah. will be next year, I think, yeah. or the year oh. after. Yeah. Okay, maybe this so you prefer BHP for copper? Than I would, yeah, I, I think okay. BHP is a better company. But oh. uh, What about yeah. nickel? We have preferences. Uh, nickel. Um, some, of the, some of the battle-hardened commodity investors always tell you that the best time to invest in commodities is when they're down on their knees, not, yeah. not when everyone is positive about them. Um, I think with copper, by the way, you, you're probably right, but you're probably a little bit early. Um, Forecasts are that copper might still have a little bit of a hard time over the next 16 months or so. Uh-huh. Um, so on that logic, you should actually, if, if you mm-hmm. have the, the stomach... We and should the be risk, buying lithium. ...and the risk appetite for it, yes, you should be looking at those commodities <laughs> that are out of favour. Yeah? <laughs> the problem with that, of course, is that picking the exact timing is, is, is yep. easier, easier said than done, and Harry Hindsight knows when to do it. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, <laughs> so on that basis, you, you should mm-hmm. actually have a look at, 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 at nickel industries because they are um, a very specific uh, proposition in that sector. They're also located uh, with their business in Indonesia. And Indonesia, of course, is the one that's now spoiling the party for everyone else. Right. right? Um, but again, um, I mean, the share price is down a lot. Um, I have no idea when to pick the exact timing. But if you do it, uh, do it, I would say again, do it with, with that little part of your portfolio where you can have punts and, and okay. highly speculative exposures. So you put this as a punt? Oh, definitely. But, okay. but the, th- the thing with those punches, if it does pay off, and that's why commodities will always have their protection, of course. Yeah. If it does pay off, you can make 300% in, in two days or something something ridiculous. Yeah? Yeah. So that's the thing with those. But yeah. again, it's horses for courses. And for my type as an investor, I'm not doing it. Okay. <laughs> it's that All right. simple. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. So 
All right. So it's, you're not doing it, it's but a, it's a punt worth taking. If you have the stomach and the risk appetite for it. All right. Uh, something completely different. Russ wants a, uh, a view, Rudy, on lost old communities. Yes, <laughs> and that is something completely different. <laughs> listen, uh, listen, on the general, on the general view, and that applies also to, to small caps in general. Yes, I, I think we will probably see the comeback of, of REITs and of, of real estate investments yep. this year. However, it's the same as with small caps and micro caps. However, it will still pay off to be selective. It's, yep. it, it won't be across the board, everyone winner. Um, livestock communities is one of those that is very often being mentioned as one that you should have. Hmm. And I'm always questioning why. Because I don't really the thing with aging population. Yes, I know, but you, have to, take, but you have to take typically at the business, 50s, the business, the business itself. Yeah. So because it always trades at a relatively high PE, it doesn't offer you any yields. Yeah. Right. So that goes out the window. At least with the likes of 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 charter hole, you have a yield. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you get the yield, and then hopefully the recovery in the share price. This one, no yield. So that goes out the window. The business itself is quite bulky. So one year they, they have a big jump in profitability and then they can have nothing for two years. And you sort of see it in the share price as well. There yeah. was obviously a big jump there and then nothing happens and a big jump there and then nothing happens for a while. So it's quite bulky and they do have their disappointments every once in a while because it all depends on how many units they sell in a given yes. year. Yeah. Um, so, f- and then you're basically counting on the share price that has to go up basically. I rather prefer to have alternatives that have a more clearer growth okay. profile in that sector and then maybe because we're in real estate offer you yield as well so yield and growth mm. nice because if it doesn't grow you still get the yield and vice yeah. versa this one is, is a little bit in between and that's why I can't, I can't really get excited about it but I do know a lot of sector analysts have this in, in their top three or top five for this mm. year towards Francesca no Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's of a certain age, you're probably a bit scared to put a buy on it. Of course, it's a retirement community living over 50 years. Yeah, and, and adding to what Rudy's property. saying, there's a lot more complexities to this than your normal yeah. property trust. So, mm-hmm. so we, if you look at, say, a, a, a property trust like a, a region, which is basic shopping centres, regional or, yep. or suburban shopping centres, it's it's fairly simple stuff. It's, you know, retailers paying rent. Um, yeah, there's a bit of maintenance and so forth. Um, there's a lot more regulatory um, mm. issues around lifestyle and nursing homes and things like that. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, so not only are you looking at sort of tenants paying the rent and so forth, there's also a lot of maintenance um, and various different types of maintenance that <coughs> can become more complex as well. And it's about acquiring land and then developing the units and et cetera. And a yeah. lot of risk in that Getting as well. Getting through council. Um, <coughs> and a lot, a lot of regulations around the development as well. Yeah. You know, how, you know, certain, the, 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 because it's for an aging population, they've got to be a certain amount of um, facilities within the units and so forth. That adds us to the expenses as well. Um, so. Um, and then I look at the, the the broader numbers on, you know, it's trading on about 25 times PE. Now, that comes down a bit. Now, a property trust that has earnings fluctuations that big always tells me there's risk involved mm. in it. Um, and the yield's awful. Now, if mm. I'm investing in a REIT, <coughs> I'm looking at a company that traditionally 
you're looking at PEs around the mid-teens, so 15, you know, 16 times. Yeah. Um, you're looking at a, a dividend yield around 5 to 6% because there's no franking on it, so you're looking at, at 5 to 6%. And that's traditionally how you would look at it. Then you look at the gearing and you'd say, well, 20 to 30% is normal. If we go back to pre-GFC, we had property trusts at 80% gearing, yeah. which was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so so they're the sort of things I'm looking for to property trusts, and, and lifestyle doesn't fit in there. So. Right. Um, you know, if I'm looking at a property trust at the moment, I mentioned region earlier, uh, it's a pretty straightforward business. You know, yeah. suburban shopping centres, it's got an anchor tenant like a Coles or a Woolies, <clears> and then about 10 or 15 yeah. regional uh, uh, small all, shops in there. All the REITs um, are different. Like we've yeah. had Abacus and, and National Storage come up previously yeah. on the call, yeah. and they've been yeah. caught up in this whole sort of uh, discount of the, the REITs because of fears about commercial property. But they're, they're in storage units, which yeah. keep going up. So you, you just got to yeah. differentiate. And that's a mega trend, megatrend, basically. Yeah. Now you yeah. Can, nowadays, you can you can travel through small towns in Australia yeah. and they have a local uh, storage. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that was still a 30% discount like all the other yeah. rates. Because it's, a sec- it's sectorial yeah. Yeah, yeah. assessment, yes. Well, you had, you had a whole sell-off of the sector when rates started rising. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Now we're sort of getting towards the top of interest rates. You know, you're probably yeah. going to see, if, if once we do start to see rates come off, I think it's a bit further down the track than most but um, once we do start you'll see a bit more value coming back into it come back in. yeah yeah, yeah. okay um, the right. other one i like is is charter hall whale um the oh, weighted average whale. lease expiry yeah look if you if you've got a self-managed super fund and and you're just yeah not looking for too much risk these guys mm-hmm. you know they're basically looking at long-term uh tenants okay. that are that are the you know government departments your australia post yeah. your telstras you mentioned yeah. charter hall would whale yeah. be in that um no, I would, I would prefer the, the, the charter hall itself. The head store. Ah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. The managers, yeah. management yeah. company. All right. Let's recap the uh, final five stocks. Uh, IPD from uh, Rudy is a hold and take profits. IPG from Francesco, <laughs> so we've got a bonus one there, is, is a no. Uh, Latitude, a sell from Francesco, a no from Rudy, a rise and a no from both uh, Nickel Industries. No, from Francesco, uh, he prefers copper as a commodity. Um, but Rudy is thinking, look, nickel's down on its knees. This is a time you buy commodities. If you if you want a punt, as uh, as Rudy said, could be worth taking. Lifestyle communities, a no from both um, in that REIT sector. Uh, Rudy prefers Charter Hall, Charter Hall, the management business, uh, Francesco uh, Region, and also the Char- Charter Hall Whale um, Trust, as well as alternatives. We had a lot of negatives today, David. Uh, we did have a lot of negatives, but a lot of interesting ones, a lot of take profits as well, which mm-hmm. I think is really important on good companies knowing when to time your investment in in them. Um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed it, despite the fact that it's been you two together. Um, Francesco Distratus Rewards, good Always to see you, mate. Uh, Rudy, have you enjoyed uh, rekindling the relationship with Francesco? You know, I grew up in Belgium, lots of Italians there, so that uh, should be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rudy from FN Arena, good to see you, mate, thank you. Uh, 
Um, look, that's our show for today. If you've got any stocks you'd like us to cover here on the call, go to osbiz.co slash callpicks or tweet us on X using the at TV handle. Of course, add comments next to the stocks you want us to look at or specific questions. That makes it, uh, the discussion all the more lively as well. Uh, thank you for joining us. See you same time tomorrow for another edition of The Call. See you then.